Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, and happy Friday. Uh, I'm so excited to join you. It's going to be one hour of me tonight. I'm going to be broadcasting until 6 o'clock, and then Dan Schaefer from Palatini is going to be filling in for me. I am performing at the Grand Rapids Comedy Club at Dr. Grin. So if you have friends that live in Grand Rapids, let them know that I'm here all weekend. Uh, I'm working with Kevin Bozeman, who's headlining the show, and our great MC Garrett. So if Or, or hey, why not road trip from Chicago? You can come. It's a great city, uh, an incredible comedy club. So just throwing that out there. And uh, we have uh, we have a, an, an interview coming up later in the show with a local theater director. We're going to talk about the Filament Theater up on the northwest side and uh, some great events they have coming up. And uh, we also, don't forget, have First Timer Friday. So if you've never called the show and uh, you know, you're ready... Because you've heard this for a few weeks, and you can tell that it's not—it's—it's it's not painful. I know people get nervous or just don't have time. But if you happen to be able to call us at five thirty, and you've never called my show, uh, don't forget to call for first time or Friday. We have some great prizes to give away from our wonderful sponsors, and I'll tell you more about that when we come up. Come up, come up to five thirty. So don't forget to give us a call. And uh, before that, if there's something on your mind that you want to talk about, I know Joan had the phone lines open as well and really sharing some great information about food pantries as we head into the cold weather. I don't know uh, if uh, everyone has had a chance to kind of follow what the news has been in regards to the migrant crisis that we're facing in Chicago. And I'm wondering what folks are thinking about how uh, the the mayor had announced on Wednesday that uh, as part of his budget, they originally, I think in September, it was going to be half a billion dollars uh, to provide support services and figure out ways to manage the situations that many of the migrants were finding themselves in. As they arrived in Chicago, you know, we have received almost 25,000 migrants since the August of 2022. Those numbers are kind of, um, I, I've read anywhere from 21,000 to 25,000. We have over 2,400 people sleeping at uh, the the airports, O'Hare and Midway, both housing migrants and asylum seekers, as well as police stations. Uh, they're sleeping on the floors, sleeping in tents outside on the streets. Uh, it's on the sidewalk. In some neighborhoods, those tents wrap around the block into the neighborhoods, and folks are getting frustrated. And I think that we're look. look this is I get being frustrated that this is happening, and we all are. It's the anger that people are demonstrating toward those who are obviously in a vulnerable situation. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the fact that the budget now reflects, rather than half a billion dollars, or I believe leading into the budget debate, it was going to be $300 million for the migrant crisis, and the number arrived at $150 million. And in the press conference after the budget debate and the budget was passed overwhelmingly so 48 to 1 with one uh, not present vote i believe one person was not there and there were debates about how you know they the various parts of this uh, budget package they did not agree with and there were there i talked to one of the alder people i actually ran into two aldermen that were on the train on uh, the blue line on wednesday after the the budget passed and one of them was telling me that, look, we're estimating this is costing about $40 million a month. So by the time we get to April, we'll have blown through the money that has been allocated. And after the budget was passed, Governor, um, I'm sorry, Mayor Brandon Johnson had a press conference and sort of um, began to explain that we were going to have a new policy. So now there will be a 60-day limit for people staying at shelters. Those folks staying in police stations.
stations and in tents outside the police stations and at the airport are all waiting for a spot at a shelter. And they're now telling the folks in the shelter, you have 60 days to figure out a plan to either uh, go somewhere else uh, to secure an apartment. And uh, other than that, you've got 60 days so that we can start to move people from cots at the airport, from the floors of police stations and from tents outside as the weather turns cold. And the next day, so yesterday, Governor Pritzker announced that he was going to be allocating an additional $160 million. And uh, and there were essentially three, I guess he called, they're calling it three buckets of what that money is going to go toward. Uh, a portion of the, pr- the money will go towards building those tent cities we've talked about, even though there does not seem to be any agreement on where I, I, I called folks today. I called a couple older people and they, they don't have any answers as to where those tents are going to be. And if you recall, at the beginning of November, Mayor Johnson said that uh, some, winter's not here yet, even though, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm working really hard here, and I know that he, he passed a lot of progressive issues in that budget, but it snowed on Halloween. It dipped into the 20s. Folks, that is winter. I don't know what else we have to wait for, and it's going to start getting colder. We need to figure out a situation where people are safe and housed. And uh, and again, they are now telling folks that live in the shelters, either find someplace else to go or secure housing. And part of the funding that Governor Pritzker announced yesterday will go toward uh, rental assistance and helping place people. And I, I don't quite have a handle on how our rental assistance program works or how folks, uh, a quarter of the migrants and asylum seekers cannot have cannot get access to those permits, work permits. So if you have a quarter of the people who are in Chicago, anywhere between 21,000 and 25,000 people, so a quarter of those folks cannot get work permits. So how do they even demonstrate that they will have the income in order to pay for housing? So that's where we are today. We have uh, the first round of notices went out to folks living in shelters. It's a small number. It's 50 people who have been informed that they now have 60 days to uh, vacate the shelters. There are emergency reasons for being able to stay there, whether it's uh, they have nowhere to go and it's freezing temperatures or if there's a medical situation or they have uh, proof that they have secured an apartment. So, so those are some of the reasons that they will be allowed to extend that their stay at shelters. And then starting in December, on December 4th, another round of, they're essentially called exit notices. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm trying, I, I've been uh, working, I've really been trying to get a lot more information on this. And uh, so the next round of notices will go out and uh, those folks will be notified. And they're doing it based on when people arrived. So the folks that there's some people there's about 50 people in shelters who've been there for uh, over a year, and uh, it, it, and I think it's reasonable to say, look, what is your plan here? And we also have to be providing that the connection of services so that people know uh, what their their options are and how they can take care of themselves and their families. So I'm just curious if you guys have any thoughts on the new um, the new announcements this week. That and, and it sounds as though Mayor Johnson has uh, followed. Pretty much a similar path that uh, the leaders in New York and Denver have taken. That's this is what they are using are these sort of this plan of look, uh, we can only accommodate uh, sixty uh, folks for a certain amount of time. And the other thing is, Mayor Johnson has announced that they will be fi- fining buses, the bus companies that are making 
a tremendous amount of money by trans- transporting migrants from Texas, being paid for by funds from FEMA, from uh, from the state of Texas, from even Catholic charities, which I've mentioned this before, and I mention it over and over again because it's making me a little bit crazy that the Catholic charities in San Antonio received $48 million to provide services to migrants and asylum seekers, and they're using that money to send them somewhere else. And not even, okay, fine, if FEMA is going to say that that's an appropriate way to spend the money, which apparently they have, at least do the right thing. The humane thing is to then call officials in Chicago or New York or wherever you end up busing folks, call Catholic charities and say, by the way, not for nothing, we're going to send some folks your way, uh, which is it, that would be the most, I think, humane and, uh, pro- and professional. Be professional about this. So the uh, now Governor uh, Governor Pritzker, I believe they, he and Mayor Johnson have said that those buses, those bus companies are going to be fined. And someone made the point like, hey, these these companies are making a lot of money unless these are exorbitant fines that will prohibit them or dissuade them from sending migrants. I don't I don't see that being a, a deterrent at all. They are also going to have they're, they're trying to find a location, but they are now going to take they're going to have an intake center um, slash, I guess, welcoming center. I hope it's welcoming because these folks are traveling a long way. There's a lot of confusion uh, there. And the folks that are coming here, it sounds as though from stories I've read and, and from people who are working as volunteers, I've, I've heard that a lot of the volunteers are being told one thing uh, from their city of departure that, hey, go to Chicago, go to New York. They have jobs for you. They have housing for you. And they arrive here only to find that it's cold, that there are no jobs. They can't legally get jobs, uh, that they're, that they're uh, sleeping on the floors of police stations. This is not a sustainable situation, and I get the neighborhoods that are uh, have have historically been disenfranchised, that have uh, been de-invested, divest, I guess, not invested in, but uh, communities of uh, of color who feel as though they are somehow now in the back of the line. And we can do both, folks. I truly believe we can do both if we are managing the funding properly, because we've also, uh, as a result of a, a investigative journalism from NBC News, learned that last December, over $7 million was spent in one location housing migrants and asylum seekers, spending up to $20,000 in a week for one nurse. There were people working security for on 12-hour shifts, seven days a week, taking in between $50 to $146 an hour. Apparently, when you uh, have, a, have a, a company that provides services to the state, the city, the federal government, that's a reason to add a couple zeros and move the decimal point over. And I don't know how we are allowing this, how the city of Chicago uh, is choosing these companies. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm so frustrated. It's it is it's hard on, on the people who live in Chicago. It's hard on the people coming here, and it seems like we need to find a path forward. So let me know if you have any thoughts on that seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Or of course nationally, uh, there's a lot internationally. Uh, there was um, you know I was watching footage of a tunnel that the uh, Israeli army is saying was uh, or the IDF is saying was uh, tunnels under a, ho- a hospital. And that those are the tunnels that uh, Hamas was using and using the hospital as a shield in order to uh, continue their preparations and, and uh, to, to taking out their uh, their plans to uh, execute people and, and create terror on October 7th. 
This has been really hard, I know, for uh, folks to even find this spot to have these conversations. But uh, I uh, was watching a piece on young people who are really being manipulated, allowing themselves. This is something I, I think has to be stressed, allowing themselves to be manipulated by memes, by TikTok videos. And it is as dangerous and as scary as w- when we see people being radicalized on the far right. And I wonder, I have a question, and, I, and I'm going to do some research on this. What do you think about legislating, having curriculum in our schools, because I don't know if this is going, this has to be somewhere in the world, there has to be curriculum uh, that is a part of teaching that, hey, when you see something online, go to another source. Don't take that as the end all and be all, that this is the, uh, the this is, that this is really happening. Um, I just, what are your thoughts on that? Should we be teaching in grade school and high school? Um, how to determine whether something is factually based, how to do the follow-up on seeing a video rather than taking like some words that some, you know, rant that somebody has and go, Oh my God, I had no idea that there were babies being uh, tortured and their adrenalized blood being drank by Democrats to stay young. Seriously, guys, uh, I'm seeing this happen. Uh, At least that's some of the, um, some security folks are saying that young people are being radicalized in a similar way. So let me know what your thoughts on, should there be curriculum uh, for high school and grade school students to learn how to distinguish between uh, BS and what the truth is? And I, uh, by the way, I know we could all use a little bit of that, but I think, I think we need to start when people are young. Oh, I just dropped something. I got to go. Let's take a break here. 773-763-9278. That's the number to call and join our conversation. We'll be right back after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like Biden beer, which is inoffensive and not bitter, and Extinct Elephant, a moderate red ale. Because you know those moderate Republicans seem to be going the way of the dodo. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. To keep track of the good trouble we're making in Wisconsin and where to buy our beer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MonacoBrewingCompany.com. And drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Thanks so much for hanging out with us as we drive it home. I'll only be driving it home until 6, and then uh, our good friend Dan Schaefer will be stepping in and taking over behind the microphone back in studio. And uh, I was mentioning before the break that uh, I've been, I was watching this piece on young people getting radicalized and, and believing uh, some things that they're seeing that are absolutely outrageous, and I was wondering if there should be a, a basically a social media critical thinking class as part of curriculum. And it turns out that there are currently California just two days ago uh, requires media literacy instruction at every grade level, and they join Delaware, New Jersey, and Texas. Now I'll have uh, a. a part of the curriculum that is media literacy instruction and that goes from kindergarten through 12th grade and I think that that's a a really important element that we we should be teaching kids to not just look at something and believe it just because it's on their computer and I know we have a couple calls coming in let's go to uh, to Paul in Seattle hey Paul what's on your mind hey Patty how are you happy Friday happy Friday my friend a host of the uh, Kitchen Table Progressive Sunday night at 6 o'clock. What's going on? Thank you. Yep, uh-huh. Sunday night, 6 o'clock. And I, I will be talking about this week rights. What are rights? 
And how do you know when you have them? And what does the Constitution say about them? I, I wanted to talk, um, you know, I, was trying, I wanted to get on Joe's show earlier, but I, I had to go. And then I, uh, about the, um, the National um, Popular Vote Act. And I'll talk about, I'll add some of that into my discussion on rights on Sunday evening. But as for your topic here about, I call it propagandizing young people. So, yes, we need media literacy, but we also need, along with that, uh, you know, critical thinking skills. So this yes. is, propagandizing young people has been going on for a long time. And you could say, oh, both sides do it, but... I, when I was a young bioscience teacher back in the 90s, okay, I had, I had a biology class. It was, get this, you remember the game how you would pass something underneath the table and it would be like something squishy or icky? You go, oh, what's, you know, like a Halloween, you put your hand in a box. And, yes. Uh-huh. You know, like, like a jello. bucket of goo. Go, oh, these are, and, yeah, these, yeah, these are eyeballs, but it's these like These are brains, grapes. right? These are yes. brains, and it's like, right. oh, you put your hand in brains, it's warm jello. Okay, so I, I was... I had a, my class was after lunch. We were going to work on the microscope. And I came into the classroom and I knew, realized, because I just come from lunch and I had like a cheeseburger. And, so, and I, I, really, I had ketchup on my sleeve. So I thought, oh, I'll make a mystery slide. I'll put ketchup on a microscope slide, right? Okay. And, and I put it on there. I just said, okay, and here's this one. This is the mystery slide. And they look in and go, oh, oh, my God, it looks like an abortion. And I said, whoa, 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 oh. wait. Whoa. How, how do you know what an abortion looks like? And, and, they're, and they're going, oh, let me see, let me see. Oh, I was, oh, gross. That is so gross. Oh, my God. It's like, I said, look. And I pulled the slide off of the microscope. I said, do you see this? Are you going, ooh, oh, my God, you can hardly see it, right? I said, do you know what this is? It's ketchup off my sleeve. I showed them the stain on my sleeve. Wow. And all of you guys... It's all—it's an abortion, huh? How do you know what an abortion is? Well, how do you know what it looks like? Well, we saw a movie on it in... This was at a private school, so, right. you know, it was oftentimes a lot of people, conservatives, where they saw it at their church or whatever. And I said, do you know what you were looking at? You were looking at something that was smaller than this ketchup stain on the slide, and they blew it up a, a real big on the screen, like a big TV screen, and you went, oh, gross. Right. It was something that you probably couldn't even see. <laughs> and, and you're saying wow. you're looking in this slide and you go, oh, the ketchup that's in this slide looks like an abortion. I said, do you realize how way out of bounds you guys are? You see, how, so you see how you just yeah. fell for it? You just did the, yes. oh, you're sticking yeah. your hands in, in monkey brains in a box. This is a Halloween joke, right? Right. And they yeah, all kind of felt, yeah, they all felt kind of, yeah. I said, don't, don't always fall for the, don't always fall for it, you guys. Don't always let somebody make a fool out of you, Okay. And I, exactly. that was all I did. I said, okay, let's get out to the rest of the class. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, and do you, I mean, do you think that it landed for them or they just like, were like, whatever, dude? Um, no, I think it did because, you yeah. know, they, they felt, first of all, they trusted me. Okay. Um, because I had, I had proved to them uh, that I knew what I was well, for one thing, it, this is kind of funny what happened with one of the girls. This was a small class. And she, she says, do you know everything? And I said, yes, I know absolutely <laughs> everything. Yeah. And she says, oh, really? Who invented the piano? And I said, Bartholomew Christophoria, 1709. Oh, she goes, no, you're just making it up. I said, go look it up. And she went to the library and she came back and said, he's right. <laughs> wow. And it just happened to be a question that I knew. But 
You right. see, they trust me. He just me. happened to pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Did you yeah. feel kind of lucky on that one? <laughs> well, because I, yeah, I used to be a, a piano major in college. Right. So I right. She just happened and, to, uh, yep. Nice. But she thought she was going to come up with something really obscure. Sure. And so anyway, I, I said, I think when I told him, hey, don't let, don't let people make a fool out of you. You don't know what it is until you really find it out. I mean, you, you just jump to this conclusion, and then you all wanted to see, because it was red, that it must be, anything red that's on a slide that is big must be icky, and it's an abortion, right? It's, come on, man. I said, yeah, yeah. I locked into their, my sleep. Yeah. Yep, locked in their brains. Yeah. But it also shows you how, you know, discussions or images like that make such an incredible impression on people, right? And that, right. then they, that becomes, yeah, part, part of their worldview. They, right. They had already, they had already, somebody had already gotten to yes. them. And fortunately, yep. with this group of small kids, at least I was able to, to present a counterpoint of, you know, what are you being, what are you being had for here, you know? Yeah. I said, what yeah. you saw when you saw that movie, if you were seeing an abortion, I said, it probably was about the size of this ketchup smear. So you yep. look and they put it on a big screen and show it to you. I said, there's all kinds of things that you can, they have things that are microscopic that they blow up and, you know, we have movies that yep. can blow it and uh, it looks really, you know, gross or whatever because it's, it's biology that's being blown up hundreds of thousands of times. And so yep. it looks very strange to you. You don't know, you're not used to seeing this. This is not what's normal in the world that you're used to seeing. So yeah, biology looks kind of, if you're unfamiliar with it, you know, get a close-up of a praying mantis's face, right? And see how you sure. like that. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, close-ups are, I, I personally, for my own self, when I get a close-up, I'm disturbed, so I don't need to see the close-up of a praying mantis. So <laughs> yeah, thanks right. a lot, Paul. Appreciate it. Everyone tune in on Sunday for the Kitchen Table Progressives at 6 o'clock. Uh, Jim in Chicago, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Teddy. Maria Russia won the uh, Pulitzer, the Nobel Peace Prize in 21 on this exact subject. On this subject, she said that the Philippine election was completely done on the Internet. No no facts, no yep. no history, and how dangerous. That's why she won the Nobel yep. Peace Prize. So it'll be coherent someday, but it certainly isn't now. No. Coherent. None of the information is coherent. It's the other big, thing I was going to say. It's a big crap show yeah, right now, Jim. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's why she won. That's why she won the prize. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, the other point is, as far as immigration is concerned, think of this, Patty. Since six, 1986, nobody's done a thing about it. And, and, and as human beings, we don't do anything until the roof is caving in us. Yeah, you know I mean, we that's yeah. just the way we react to everything. And that, but it's a good thing in this regard. Because it's going to continue, and I think that this scrambling to get funds and trying to think of how to how to uh, give people shelter is a marvelous thing, really. Because I think we should have been thinking about this, yeah, uh, I know, for years, for years. So it's a good thing in that regard. But remember, the Republicans use this, like the abortion issue, as a wedge issue to uh, gin up their voters. If you listen to uh, Republican media, uh, we're being invaded. And we, and we see Trump's response is to put them all in a, in a camp. And then, I don't know, have them summarily shot. <laughs> what do you tend to do? But, uh, but it, 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 when after this clears out, when your little boy, when your boys grow up and so on, 
I think we'll get to wrap our hands around it we, because we have to. We just have to. We, we can't really, really get a budget for 150 million there, 150 million there, and where are we going to get it? What are we going to do? We should have been thinking about this when, when we had the homeless, when the homeless problem started to develop. That was astounding, astounding me that you know they left it to uh, you know these pad places and stuff. You know, because I, I took a couple of homeless people and went up to my wife's day. And, and to the person, it was always their family gave up on them. That, you know, they couldn't make a call. I said, "Well, make a call to somebody, you know, relatives." Well, I can't. They don't. They don't talk to me anymore. So on and so forth. Oh, so yeah. what? It, but they said with a fifteen hundred dollar cash payment, you could actually. Uh, I heard somebody suggest this: a fifteen hundred dollar cash payment when you finally when you when they wolf's at the door, that you could mitigate this by eighty percent. With that fifteen hundred, you might be you, you, you could you could do some damage with a place to live. Anyway, just a suggestion. Okay, this is going to go on. Appreciate you know, but yeah, uh, but thanks, Ben. You got to look at show. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Have a great weekend, Jim. Appreciate it. And let's go to Mary in Elk Grove Village. Right? Is that right? Elk Grove. Yes. Hey, Mary. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Hey, ask me who invented sliced bread. Who invented white bread? Sliced bread. Oh, sliced Wonder bread. bread. <laughs> I wonder, okay, who invented just, sliced bread? I'm just, I'm just keeping up with, with Paul, okay? The greatest invention since sliced bread, yeah. <laughs> yes, it yeah. was Wonder Bread. Okay. Really? No, Wonder I'm Bread was pa- the first, really? Yes, yes. There's this show called um, Boots That Built America. It's on Sunday night. Um, oh. uh, yeah, and it's amazing some of the information, uh, useless information, uh, unless you're playing <laughs> Trivia Pursuit. Uh-huh. Or you're no, calling it Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So, um, and uh, so what I, I wanted to mention is disinformation. So, Sweden, I believe it's Sweden. It obviously it's you know, some, it's some, uh, some country in Europe, not here, that are teaching their students how to disseminate the information that they read online and how to search for good sources online, and they've been doing it for quite some time. And I thought, didn't our governor sign something in that we were going to start doing that also here in Illinois? Not that I've seen. Like I said, I believe only four states, California, Delaware, New Jersey, and Texas have passed a media literacy uh, legislation. I don't know if there's something different in Illinois, like critical thinking, is that what you mean, or or social media literacy? I don't know. I don't know. But there's two things that that uh, are floating around one of which is really frightening to me. And the other one I just saw yesterday, it was a deep fake that one of my cousins sent me. She's a very intelligent woman. Right. And she sent this to me. And it was Jake Tapper interviewing someone about some lab in California. And it was a Chinese lab. And they had found uh, COVID and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I don't think this is true. I've got CNN on. Uh, I don't see it anywhere on their website it's not on the ticker this is fake and i, and I was but, but she quickly she just forwarded it at, and without thinking and i'm like don't do that because right. you could see the crazies underneath it going like see the government's been lying to us but patty there's something else that's really bothering me um that has me very concerned because there's a lot of videos coming out right now with young people saying you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to think about my life anymore. I feel like I've lied to because I read this letter 
the letter to America yeah, written yes, by. That, that's, yeah, that's what I was referring to. And I, I, uh, it's, it's amazing because I wondered about that when people were sort of all lives mattering after the attacks on October 7th, because I remember there were people that were saying we deserved 9-11. And I wondered how long it was going to take to make that connection and become anti-Semitic in its tone. And that's exactly what I, why, why I started talking about this today. But you're right. That's what I, that's what I'm seeing in there. And they are trying to con- sort of manage that. So, yeah. Isn't that her- horrifying? I am. I am. I am yep. horrifying. Yep. Yes. Is, is the yep. word. Patty, I, my kids yep. are the same age. And I remember that morning getting I my know. boys ready. I'm- that's 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 what we're talking about. And by the way, you're right. Illinois has passed media literacy, so we are we are one of the states that does have legislation and, and have it as part of the curriculum. So, thank you for that. I did not realize it. Yeah, I don't know if it's kicked in yet, and I'm sure there's going to be right. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. But you know what? Media literacy is not going to do anything when it comes to TikTok or you know what I mean. Yeah, some of these it's viral the, videos. The, that horse is out of the gar- out I'm of the barn. Here. I'm sitting here watching these these kids, these 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 young kids, like our kids, um, my kids, the, the the millennials, the Gen Zers, and it's just like, are you, and my my youngest, who's only 19, it was it was before his time, and my my older ones, they don't they wouldn't remember. I right. I just I can't I can't believe it. Could yep. you imagine, Patty? Could you imagine if there was social media at the time of World War II? Oh no, no, no! I, all of it. No, I know it would be. I think it would be much worse. I think you would, you end up radicalizing even more people. I think it's a harder battle, a I, harder, heavier lift to get people behind yeah. Our, our. Yeah, I agree. Well, look, I think it was that that was a problem during COVID. I think that the rampant dissemination of disinformation yeah. killed people a thousand percent. I believe that. Yep. When I, I when I spoke to very reasonable people, I said, "Well, you know, I mean, well, I, I, like the Washington Post, that's a, 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 a reliable. Nope, Bezos runs it. I'm like, yeah, uh, what, nope, not the New York Times. I, I go, well, what about? Uh, well, you know about the Watergate, right? And he's like, I think that was fake. I think that yeah. what? Yep. When? Oh yeah. Oh please. When did you as as I see people? Yeah. Mary, there are flat earthers. There are people that think that we didn't go to the moon and a lot of that. I mean, like, not that those people didn't exist before, but they're certainly amplified and gaining numbers by being on social media. So it's crazy. I've got to run to the break, Mary. It's so good to hear from you. Thank you for calling. Oh, I love you, Patty. I love, I love you. you. too. Take Thank care. Thank you. You too. Right. Have a great Bye-bye. weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. And when we come back, we've got our first time of Friday. The phone lines are open. I know I have somebody on hold already, 773-763-9278. If you've never called the show, we'd love to hear from you. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Hey there, it's your guy, Warren Price, from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200, or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. There's so much that goes on behind closed doors. On WCPT 820. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And it is First Timer Friday. We've got some great gifts to give away, 773-763-9278. And we want to thank our sponsors, Gindo Spice of Life, Brown Sugar Bakery, Crave Brothers Cheese, Boot Tights, Sam's Famous Salsa, Timeless Toys, Uve Chicago, Rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam, and the Hungry Monkey Baking Company, by the way, available now in Jules' stores. I'm so excited for them. And let's kick it off with let's kick it off with Dennis, who called yesterday. I was like, call back, because I've never heard you before. Call back on First Timer Friday. So let's check in with Dennis. How you doing, my friend? Hi, Patty. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so glad you called back. So what's kept you from calling yeah. us before? Yeah. You busy? You, you drive you know, all the time? I listen. Yeah, I listen to you. Uh, I, I, I work um, doing some delivery work, uh-huh. and uh, I'm very fortunate that I get to listen to WCPT and um, listen to uh, Joan and then listen to you. And I really enjoyed your show a whole lot um, over the – I've worked with these people for about five years. So I've really enjoyed your show as I've heard it and then as you got the extra time and stuff. Uh, and I just never, you know, took the moment to call. Uh, plus, too, sometimes it's just so hard to get through. It. Sure, it, you know. yeah. Uh, and then... And then the other thing, and like yesterday, what happened was, um, I was in Chris that was on yesterday, or Steve, who was talking to Chris that was talking about uh, Medicare and Medicaid stuff yes. that we were, okay. Now, just so he knows that he's going to have Medicaid, uh, there is no vision and there is no dental as part uh. of Medicaid. That's I awful. called them today to find out what was going on, and it's not it's not involved. Uh, the other thing um, was that uh, what you began the show with the the uh, media thing. Uh, there is a company that is out there that provides, and I cannot remember the name of it, but uh, it was a company that I came across while I was looking for internships while I was in school uh, when I went back to school. And uh, they do a whole media literacy thing to help, and they and they and they put it together so you under so you understand it. Because one of the things that you know we're going to have is teachers who don't know how to um, teach teach that um, and dig up the information that we need for. Um, Right for that literacy stuff, and it's and and you know a lot of teachers. This is this is a new thing, um, and so sure. it's, it's going to be a difficult thing. And and the fact is, uh, you know, I I have a young friend who lives down in downstate. He's a hippie little guy, and he decided he didn't like, you know, Joe Biden and the, and, and the liberals, and yet he is liberal and he is left. And stuff because somebody treated him badly, um, and he doesn't realize that you know the people on the right they don't care about him. They don't care about yeah. the, the hippie no. dippy little kid who who wants to smoke pot. You know they'll take right. your pot away, uh, and exactly. you know, and so we we have this big battle, and it, it's even going uphill with other. With adults who I have friends who I went to high school with, and I don't know what happened. I, I mean, I just don't know what happened to them. Of course, they say the same thing about me, but um, <laughs> you know, I have you know my my best friend in high school no longer speaks to me, and this is a guy that I've yeah. known for 
50 years, and he doesn't talk to me. Um, and when we do talk, his first thing is, well, what about Joe Biden? And I'll lay. Um, yes, I, and, I, know, I and, think, <laughs> thank you. We got it. We got it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> but that's what, that's what we're, 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 we've got this uphill battle. Uh, yeah. across the board with all ages. And then uh, Tom Hartman was talking about the, the Gen Zers who want to leave the country because of certain reasons, and some of it has to do with the, the, the diversity of politics. Yeah. You know, we've got a real, uh, we got a real thing to, to climb up and, you know, get ourselves back together. And, and, the, and the worst part of it to me is, you know, how... How can people believe a man like Trump who has everything? If you had an uncle that had as many things against them, you wouldn't invite them to Thanksgiving. You wouldn't right. have Uncle Bill right. come to Thanksgiving who has 28 possible sexual assault charges exactly. or 90. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, you, it's, you it's wouldn't have. Unbelievable. Them, wouldn't no. Have, no, you'd, yeah. you'd be ostracized. You're absolutely right. Oh, Dennis, it's so good to hear from you. I look forward to having more conversations with you as well. Um, hold on the yeah. line so Paul can get your information, and we will send you out a gift card from one of our sponsors. All right, super. Be safe. I appreciate be it. Thank you. Have, and have, a, great, have, a, great have a great day, and uh, Thank you. you too. Thank you. Thank you. That was wonderful. Let's take a break here. Oh, and thank you to the 847 that the David Pacman has uh, several kids books that uh, sound like they might be for critical thinking. Think like a detective. Think like a scientist. So there's uh, some options if you are shopping for some books for the holiday season. And speaking of the holidays coming up, there's a great event coming up at the Filament Theater. I'm so jealous that I'm not a kid. And you know what? I build forts anyway. I still do. But this sounds like so much fun for the kids. Let's talk to Molly from the Filament Theater. We come back on WC. CPT 820, Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. Hey, I'm so thrilled to welcome Molly Bunder, who is the Artistic Director for Creative Partnerships at the Filament Theater, one of the great elements of our city is that we have such a wonderful and dynamic theater scene in particular our neighborhood theaters and this one isn't just close to my heart because it's on the northwest side but they're all they build such great adventures for kids molly how are you doing today hi patty i'm well thank you so much for having me on to talk about fort build your own adventure yes Go ahead, tell, tell folks about forts, because this has been going on for a few years, and I seriously, every time I think about it, I'm like, I wish I had, I had that when I was a kid. Tell folks what forts is. Well, there's still a chance for you. So we say that forts is a play for ages 2 to 102. It's for all ages. Um, and we turn our theater into a giant living room full of cardboard boxes, lots and lots of cardboard boxes, uh, and we create essentially an opportunity for people of all ages and families to come together and to uh, build forts for about an hour. There's lots of magical surprises. It's beautifully and meticulously designed by some of Chicago's best theater designers. Um, But instead of watching actors have all the fun, the audience gets to have all the fun and they get to be in charge of the story. 
Outstanding, and I have to say, I love your Facebook page with uh, with with t- you know, folks making videos and talking about their experiences and the Filament Theater. And as in addition to Fourth, it's also a great time of year, as you uh, explain on your Facebook page, that uh, with the support of the community and donating to you know to fit the Filament Theater with a dollar for dollar match that you have right now. Congratulations on building that relationship, by the way. Tell us a little bit about how folks can support the work that you do and continue the creative adventure for our neighborhood and for the city of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. We're so excited to have a generous long-term donor matching every single dollar, dollar for dollar, um, through the end of December. Um, So it's a really exciting time for us to make your donation to Filament uh, go twice as far. And, you know, at Filament, we really say that our mission is not just to um, to make theater, but to build community, to build optimism, and to build resilience of things that young people certainly need today, but really, we all need that. Um, and we all need a bit of a breather, a bit of a chance to come together and be playful and be creative and, and share joy with one another, especially at this time of year. Um, so we're really delighted that we can bring sports back uh, through December 31st. We're really excited that there's an opportunity for people to have their gifts doubled. And we really hope new people who have never been to film before, who have never stepped into a theater before, uh, will come and play with us because there's really a, a sport for everybody. I, I love that. I love that so much. And how can folks, you know, find out more about your programs and how they can support the theater, uh, whether it's by, you know, you know, a, a lending their, their expertise or anything that you're anything. Well, obviously, financial support is what we're driving for right now and, and want to encourage folks to, to develop that relationship. Where should they go in addition to your Facebook page? Yeah. FilamentTheater.org. Uh, and Filament. it's F-I-L-A-M-E-N-T-T-H-E-A-R-T. And how has it been going this year? Because I know that, uh, you know, you guys had a new team in there. I stopped by for the the open house. I can't remember when it was. Was it last year or this year? Everything's blurred (laughs) for me, but I was so thrilled to celebrate with you guys. Yes. Spring. It was the spring. Okay. Our first year um, with new artistic leadership, Uh, I am one of two artistic directors at Filament. Reggie Simon is the other artistic director. And we stepped into our roles at the beginning of 2023. So this is the end of our first uh, full year. Um, And it has really been a joy to get to meet so many new people, so many people who've been supporting the theater for a long time. Um, We're coming to the end of our run of sports at Writers Theater. it's the first time Filament has had their work premiere at a major American regional theater. So that's been very exciting for us. And we just had our spring show uh, nominated for a Broadway in Chicago um, award for best performance for young people. So oh. it's been a really exciting time at Filament. And yeah, we'd love to share the work that we're doing with, with our neighborhood. Well, you know what I'd like to do if I, when we get the chance, and I, so I know that you, we also want to see a way to support you at WCPT, and in particular driving it home. Um, would you consider letting me come and broadcast from there? Maybe I could interview some of the kids and some of the uh, folks that develop these programs and work with uh, all the, uh, the in the artistic element of the Filament Theater. Would that work? Oh my gosh, we would love to have you. That would be so much fun. Yeah, let's make yeah. it happen. Yeah, let's make that happen. So awesome. Okay, again, folks, you got you. This is this is really one of the gems of the city. The Filament Theater is right at the Six Corners area, where uh, you've got, and it's such a developing area too. You guys have to be excited about all those new businesses, and you'll have a lot more foot traffic too. That's got to be, you know, just thrilling. 
Yeah, it's a really exciting time for the neighborhood. Um, it's been really thrilling to watch people already start to pass by the theater more often and to poke their heads in. Uh, we always welcome visitors, so if you're out and about in the neighborhood, stick your head in. There's always something going on at Filament. Yeah, there really is. You get. I actually had a uh, New Year's Eve show there a few years ago, and we did a, an early show for the kids and then a late show for the adults. And it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. So, um, I, I, it's it's just a really beautiful space. One of my favorite locations and favorite theater. You guys are amazing. Thank you for all your work, and we're going to do what we can to to continue lending our support as well. Okay, Molly. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You got to come in studio sometime, too. We're right up the street, so let's get you in studio. I'm just out of town. That's why yeah, I had to do that it this way. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I look Thank you, Molly. It. Thank you so much. Have a great evening and a great Thanks rest again. of your weekend. Take care. Thank you. You too. And I, I wanted to bring in uh, Dan Schaefer, who's going to take over for me now. I'm uh, handing over the baton uh, as, on this relay race. Dan? I am very honored, Patty. Thank you very much. You- you were so funny texting me yesterday when I, I was talking about my horrible teachers in grade school and high school. And I should say that I had good teachers, too. But, the, you know, the, tra- the traumatic ones are always going to jump out, aren't yeah. they? Well, when, when, you told, <laughs> when you were sharing that story about what they said to you, and I, te- yeah. I was like, I will cut a you-know-what. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's not a true okay. story. And that also is I, child trauma. That is not okay. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a. I forgot there's like there were so many horrible things that teachers said, uh, and I hate saying this about Lane Tech because I. But it's a big school. You're gonna have a few bad apples. We just had a barrel of them, and (laughs) I feel like we just had a few good apples. (laughs) Right, and and I I mean some of my teachers. You you were talking about it um, earlier. It was like I have some of my favorite people in the world are teachers. They need, but they were fabulous teachers. Yes, yeah. There were some that were not so great, but yeah. I had my drafting teacher. I always remember this, Mr. Berlanga, Latino too. But I always look, I look white to him. So he, he he was when he met my mother. He was like, I didn't know you were Mexican. I thought you were Jewish, which was a weird weird thing to say. I mean, That's whatever. Weird. Okay, yeah. But he, but he didn't have a filter. Like he, when I I came in one day, I said I have to leave for softball practice. He goes, What? I didn't know you were gay. Like literally said that to me when I was 15 years old. Oh my god. Which is. Yeah, I, it was a very strange place. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's all we're here to talk about. What's yeah. coming up on your show, my friend? Oh, we're talking about all the things. Uh, although all of you know the the normal callers called in, so I'm going to say they can call back in with me. They call back. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you got some really good first time callers. So uh, you know, we're going to talk about I don't know, like George Santos and that yes. whole debacle. Um, Chip Dude. Roy basically begging Republicans to be like, "What can I run on?" Um, yeah. uh, and uh, I'm. Very concerned that Donald Trump might be our next president because things are, yep. I don't know. It, 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 Insane. It can, it can easily happen, as we learned in 2016. Yeah, uh, I don't know how to get folks on the page of, if, if, you, if, it's, if it's Biden you have a problem with, think of it as voting for the policies that he fights for. Right. So basically, it's democracy or fascism. So that's what we're coming down to, That's everybody. exactly it. It's like, it, it, we also fought, you know, a world war against fascism, yet we're voting for it in this country. Yep. So I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I, get it, yeah. I, do, I do not get it. What do you have planned for the weekend, my friend? Um, it's actually a pretty light weekend. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm getting some wine with uh, one of the neighbors that I've been nice. promising to do that for since he moved in. Um, and then other than that, it's kind of a quiet weekend. And we have our show and on Sunday Palatini. morning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you so. know what your Do you know what your cocktail is yet for Sunday? Uh, no, I've actually going to be googling one for tonight as well, and then I'll do one on Sunday. <laughs> it's going to be uh, Thanksgiving themed. It'll be It'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. 
Night. What do you think about? I, I at first I think I've pumpkined myself out on flavors over the years because I like I, I I used to like a pumpkin brew like pumpkin co- cocktail. I think that they're you know what do you, do you do you go towards those? Not for a cocktail, no. But a pumpkin right? spice latte, I'm I'm there for. I don't know sure. why I'm I'm that typical you know fam girl. But yeah, um, where's your favorite? Because Weston's on Milwaukee has a great pumpkin latte. I just gotta say. Oh, I've, I yeah, have yeah. to try that. Okay. Try Weston's. I highly will. recommend. I definitely yes. will. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, um, excellent. Cool. Thank you so All much right. for filling well, in for no, me today. You, you have a great event. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's Dan Schaefer. Of course. Dan Schaefer's filling in for me next, uh, coming up in, in WCPT. Thank you so much, Paul Shavari, back in the studios. And uh, thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Be well. Driving it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases. The folks refusing to and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. And hello, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, this is Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. Um, this is Dan. Patty drove home. Um, just kidding. She has an event. Uh, she asked me to fill in for her for the, the last hour of her show. Um, and as I always say, whenever she asks me, I'm like, okay, who else said no? Um... And then my other question is, who's going to be working? And she goes, oh, Paul. I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay, we're good. All right. Um, no, anything Patty asks for, Patty gets, because we love Patty. She's fabulous. Um, and uh, we wish her a very, very good event uh, this evening. Um, so happy Friday. We have some fun things to talk about here. Um, we can talk about George Santos, uh, which we, we will, and... The debauchery that is that. Um, we can also chat about uh, the uh, continuing resolution that, thankfully, Congress passed. However, we're still waiting on... I would love to just see a time where we could actually just have a legitimate budget that actually we don't have to be wondering if the government's going to shut down every two months or something. That would be kind of fun, right? People that are doing their jobs. And... Um, I do want to talk about, uh, also we can talk about anything that you guys want to chat about. So uh, feel free to call in 773-763-9278. I do want to talk about, and I think I chatted about this um, on Sunday. Uh, So I and my my best friend Megan, we have a show on here on WCPT on Sundays called A Politini with Dan and Meg. It's from 8 to 9 a.m. Feel free to tune in. I do want to talk about the very real possibility that Donald Trump is going to be our next president. Um, and that will, that'll be maybe more towards the end of the, the show itself. But it is a very real possibility. And I think that um, the election is just about a year away. And we need to be very conscious about that. And um, individuals who are thinking about voting for folks like Jill Stein and things of that sort, like those that has consequences, as we learned in 2016. Um, so, yeah, and then I'll end uh, with a uh, a nice cocktail as we're kicking off Thanksgiving week, because uh, the holidays and family, everybody could use a little cocktail. Um, so, uh, um, George Santos. Let's chat about good old George. So they, uh, num- I want to remind everybody that there is a uh, the re- the House of Representatives is controlled by Republicans, right? It's a, it's a relatively slim majority, but it is controlled by Republicans. 
and a uh, again a Republican led committee um, conducted an investigation and, and then uh, it resulted in a 56 page report that details a sweeping array of alleged misconduct. Um, Stealing money from his campaign, deceiving donors, reported fictitious loans, and well, we fictitious loans and increasing value of assets. It's like he's following in Donald Trump's footprints, um, and also fraudulent business dealings. Also following in Donald Trump's footsteps. Um, and actually, Paul and I were just chatting about how uh, somebody called in and was complaining about how we always talk about Donald Trump, but it's like you kind of have to, right? It's a thing. Because um, it is a thing. <laughs> uh, so uh, the uh, report cites uh, Santos's dealing with his former treasurer, whose name is Nancy Marks, who last month pled guilty to filing false reports with the FEC, or the Federal Election Commission. Um, so that's fun. And he is also facing two dozen federal charges, including like I said, defrauding donors, using their money for his personal benefit, stealing the identities of family members, and using donors' credit cards to spend thousands of dollars. So donors that would donate to his campaign, um, he would basically just take that credit card information and just go shopping for some pretty, um, I don't know, bougie things that he was... uh, So... um, I'm going to go through the, uh, it's an, this is an article from, um, hang on, uh, the Washington Post. So, um, and it has 11 most scathing allegations in the health ethics report about Santos. But, but before we do that, we have one of my favorite people, Jim from Chicago calling in. Hey Jim, how's it going? Hi Dan, how are you? Good to hear you. Why don't, why don't the Republicans just give up the fiction of running as a party at all? Just go completely chewing on and give the, uh, uh, I think the uh, shaman got out. I think he had four years, but he got out early. He's going to run on the, uh, he's going to run for Congress. Hmm. But he should be Trump's vice president. Why not just go completely chewing on it? Because Trump is dealing in reality. He, he has no sense of reality. Right. He, he still thinks he, he still insists that he won an election that he lost. He has lawyers now, uh, Jan Ellis and uh, and the Kraken lawyer. You know, they're all afraid of going to prison, so they're telling the truth. That Trump actually sat in a room with Giuliani and said, "He's the boss. The boss ain't leaving. The boss ain't leaving." I mean, yeah. Dan. I mean, you don't, you don't hear you hear that maybe from. Uh, Meyer Lansky or Lucky Luciano in their 30s, you know, in a, in a hash house, in a hash house in the, you know, in, in the, the Bronx, you know, the right. boss ain't leaving. Right. But I mean, this is, this is the right, these people are, have law degrees, so they're completely killing it. And they've got completely killing it. I don't even know what, what it is, but I know that uh, the people that stormed the Capitol were definitely under the influence of, uh, some fiction. Well, it's the people that like that they they the people that storm the Capitol also thought that Democrats drink the blood of children and also run sex trafficking rings out of pizza the pizza pizza parlor basements. Like that's that's what they believe. Well, but we, we but we got to step up. Uh, I they agree. called us vermin. They called us vermin. The Trump called us vermin. Now we're vermin. At least that's going a little higher on the old you know species scale. Yeah. You know now we're right. now we're vermin. Right. But but it's a, they're running on a complete fiction. I, I uh, 
the only thing that gets me is the people that I discuss to, you know, just on a normal basis, they're so influenced by uh, distorted media that they don't know if whether up is down or down is up. Right. And actually, it's it's people are. I, mean, I don't know if they're actually realizing it or not, but um, it, it, the, you can like look up and see how Hitler was speaking about Jews and how Trump is speaking about pretty much everybody that doesn't like him and using terms like vermin. And that's that. It, those. It's a bell. Like he's ringing the bell. Like we. It, it's kind of like the. What did he say to the? Um, the white supremacist was like, just uh, stand back. And, stand back and yeah, stand back. Yeah, but why right. is it appeal? Why, but, but, what is in their soul that that appeals to them? I don't understand how that appeals. I thought that, you know, fascism was dead in the 30s. You got Franco, uh, Spain. Uh, I was in Madrid, uh, and uh, they never got over it. Right. The, the, uh, they never got over that. I mean, he killed hundreds of thousands of innocent people. Uh, Mussolini killed uh, hundreds of thousands of people, and, and, and Hitler Stalin. took the cake. But, Stalin wasn't but, doing anything well, nice either. Killed, well, Stalin, Stalin, I mean, as far as murders could go, those, they're the pantheon of all time, Stalin and Hitler. But, but I, didn't want to, I can't believe we're talking about this in 2023. I know. I mean, it's astounding. I, I put those history books away and thought, well, God, this will never happen again. I mean, hundreds but, of thousands of people died, and now we're still supporting that same that same methodology that that Hitler was was portraying for everybody. Yeah, and you think you would never even mention that name, you know? Right. And to come up to come up after his death in forty five, and still be talking about these dictators. And but it's, it's just a fiction that they're running, and that's what astounds me. Hey, Danny, have a great weekend, and you. Uh, have a great show for the rest Thanks of the Thanks for calling back in, Jim. I, I was, I was uh, kind of uh, sad when you called into Patty's, and I was like, oh, Jim's I know, not, Jim's I, but not I, 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 but, but then I realized that I realized it was you, and I feel like I, I got to give him a buzz. I appreciate right, it, Jim. You have a good weekend. You too, thank All right, thanks so much. Uh, we have Roosevelt from Chicago. How's it going today on this fine Friday, Roosevelt? Thank you for taking my call, Dan. Yeah, anytime. Great show on Sunday. Always listen to it. Don't thank always you. call it. But, um, yeah, a couple of things. Uh, how How is this going to work as far as the, quote, Republican Party? Because as far as I'm concerned, there is no Republican Party. It's Trump's party. Yeah. But I was, I was thinking, I was thinking, let's, let's just backtrack a little bit. You had McCarthy as speaker. It took 15 votes to get him in. Then right. they kicked him out. Then they kicked him out. So then you had um, this guy. That all of a sudden, this guy, out of nowhere, you know, this guy is perfect, according to them. Okay? So how is this going to work when you have Trump? How is this guy going to follow Trump when he's uh, a so-called religious man? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And McCarthy wasn't. McCarthy was a kid. You know what I'm going to say. Well, he's uh, he's also a bully who apparently elbows you in the kidney while right, you're yeah, walking behind right. you. Yeah. Right. But but you see what I'm saying in the future? Because let's just let's face it. I'm sure Trump wanted to in both instances. I'm sure Trump wanted to shut down the government. Absolutely. So so this guy this guy what's his last name Johnson? Mike Johnson, yeah, Speaker you, of the House. Yeah. yeah. So Johnson basically backstabbed Trump the way I see it, and so did McCarthy, because McCarthy got kicked out because he worked with the 
Democrats at the time, too. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, Democrats so were the ones who averted the government shutdown. Right. And then McCarthy so, so, ran through them under the so, bus, and they voted to remove so, him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but notice, there's something happening here within the House of Reps. And I'll tell you what's happening. What's happening is not all majority is wants to do the bidding of Trump, because if that was a fact, then you have uh, um, either uh, Taylor Green as speaker or the other idiot. Can you imagine Matt Gates? Matt Gates. Yeah. So if, if, if this was a Trump house, let's just say Trump house, then you would have Matt Gates or Boebert or, or Taylor Green. Oh, I can't think of anybody else, but that's the most yes. radical. Yeah, agreed. that's the most radical uh, uh, people in the House of Congress, and and this these people that are in there are basically all for Trump, but yet the way I don't know how you see it, Dan, but the way I see it, not all these people in the House of Reps from the Republican side want to do. Of the Trump sitting, as far as being that radical of shutting down the government, right? Because obviously, because obviously, uh, McCarthy elbowed that guy because there was eight people that went along with kicking him out. But you know what? Kevin McCarthy agreed to the arrangement of it just takes one person to introduce a motion to remove me from my speakership. So that he brought that on himself. Oh yeah, Yeah. no, I agree with you. Here's the thing. McCarthy reminds me of a double spy. He wants to play both sides and all sides. Yeah. As long as it benefits him. And I, I told this just yesterday to my mother. I'll never forget when he first grabbed that gavel. And, and, and he was giddy. He was like a little kid right. on Christmas morning. I mean, he was giddy. And he didn't care. He didn't care if it took 15, 14, whatever, how many votes. All he cared was that he was in power. Yeah. That's I mean, it. remember what he said about Pelosi. He wanted to hit hit Pelosi with a hammer. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. That he wanted to he wanted to hit Pelosi with a hammer at one of the Trump's rallies when he followed yeah. Trump. And, and honestly, and you, stuff, you know who would win in a fight? Pelosi. <laughs> because yeah, she, she's I a boss. <laughs> I know that. But 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 notice I'm 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 you know, I'm seeing a lot of things that that basically are not going along. Now, you mentioned something interesting. I want to jump to what you said. Let me just uh, hang about- on one real quick. Paul, Are we? do we have to go to a break? Or are we okay? Um, so we do have to go to a break. Result, you want to hang on real quick? Sure, sure. All right, absolutely. awesome. All right, we'll see you guys back here uh, in a minute. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. And hello, hello. Happy Friday. It is Driving Home with Patty Vasquez. Uh, this is Dan Schaefer, uh, host of Apolitini with my best friend Meg, who um, Bob Smith was commenting on our Facebook feed. Uh, Meg is not feeling well today, so we decided that she could she could have the night off. Um, but we are on the line with Roosevelt, who uh, made a comment that I said something interesting, and I'm now I'm very intrigued. What's on your mind? Uh, basically what you said about him being Hitler-like. I said that a long time ago, and as a matter of fact, uh, he he always copies from other dictators. He honors other dictators. He looks up to other dictators. So I'm I'm assuming that that's his goal. 
is and he's going to get worse, Dan. He's not going to get better, uh, and it's going to be worse for the Republican Party. Well, and that's he, an interesting thing. I mean, he he. Well, we all know he loves Putin. We all know he like yeah, wrote a love letter to, to North Korea. Um, but he had an interview which basically said, and and this is the, you what you just said triggered something for me. Um, he he was trying to get a second term the first time, and he also had folks that were kind of keeping him in check, not everybody. Um, but he, in, in the uh, most recent interview he did, I forget where, wh- which one it was on, uh, it might have been Univision, he made a comment about how um, if he's running against somebody, he would just have them indicted and then they can't run. And so he's, it's kind of like gloves off, I can just be like dictator forever now, basically. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that Univision or Univision uh, uh, interview because let me tell you, they're trying to sell this to the Latin community yes, they are. that this guy's that this guy's reform. I seen the, I seen the interview. Now let's take it back. This is the same station where Trump attacked Jorge Ramos. Okay, oh, the yeah, top right. dog yep. in Univision. Okay, so now, now look how far we've come as far as Univision. Meaning, you know, he attacked one of the, if not the top guy, and, and look how they handled it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, to me, they're, they're a sellout. I never, liked, I never liked Jorge Ramos. I never liked him because he, he's in cahoots with all these people from Florida. They all know each other, him, Rubio, and, and if, I don't know if you ever watch Univision in Spanish. But he always invites nothing but Republicans because look where he's at. He's in Miami. He should be in Washington, not Miami. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But look where they put him. They put him in Miami surrounded by what? Nothing but Republicans. And to be specific, Republicans, so-called Latinos or Hispanics. And I'm talking about Rubio, Ileana Ross, Layton, all these are Cuban-Americans. And let me tell you one thing. These people came from Cuba as refugees, and they honor and look up to somebody just like Castro, even worse than Castro, yeah. which is Trump. Right. Which is Trump. And look, I'll give you the perfect specific example. Marco Rubio was the one that came up with the idea of t- talking about Trump's uh, small hands in, uh, during that um, <laughs> debate that they had. Right. And then Trump returned it, returned it and said that it was little Marco. But ever since then, Marco Rubio hasn't said anything no. against Trump. And and I'm going to mention the guy that's the worst boot look, licker, and that's Cruz, Ted Cruz. He even changed his name from Rafael Cruz to Ted Cruz. Yeah, That's how much he, does, he doesn't want to be a Latino. And remember, let's not forget what happened with him in his own state of Texas. He flew to what? Mexico. To Mexico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they were freezing their butts in Texas. But these people in Florida, they're Latinos when it, it's convenient for them. Even Marco Rubio, when he ran for president, he had interviews in Spanish. He doesn't do, do any more interviews in Spanish on Univision. Right. Well, and even and so the they, um, the Koch brothers, well, there's only one now, uh, the Coke industry, let's say, um, is mm-hmm. funding a, a ton of advertisements and programs um, that are aimed at having the Hispanic uh, community or Latino community uh, vote Republican. Like that's their 
yeah. goal. Um, and, and let me tell you another thing. In closing, when it comes down to this subject of Latinos and, and voting and everything, they're doing. I called this out a long time ago when Trump first was in there for like close to a year. I told my mother, "Watch out what they're going to do in Texas. They're going to make a lot of these people use the religion and use the power of religion to vote Republican." And if you if you notice, look it up. Look this one up, Dan. The increase, the number of of uh, Latinos, specifically Mexican Americans, that's turning to evangelism has gone sky high. Even in Mexico, hmm. even in Mexico. But to be specific, the state of Texas. And notice, state of Texas hasn't gone Democrat in a long time. It should, but yeah, it should. Yeah. But, but let me tell you, they got that on the wraps when it comes down to religion and the power of money. Look what Abbott is doing to us. To be specific, to Chicago. Sending uh, Venezuelans over here. Right. Right. No. And look, and, and to close, I'm going to close it with this because yeah. I just thought of this because of Patty. This is because of Patty. Because Patty brought this up about a week ago. San Antonio Catholic Charities got $46 million yes. in federal funding, and they bought, used that money to fly people one way to Chicago. Yeah. Right. But that tells you what's going on. And you know what so, that also is? Uh, uh, I forget who it was that called in uh, on Sunday. That's also called human trafficking. Yeah, that is true. So I never exactly, thought of it that way, yeah. but now that you bring it up, that is true. Yeah. So, um, Roosevelt, thanks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. And thank, thank you for giving me a lot of time. Thank oh, my God. Anytime. And I'll yeah. talk to you on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Um, well, let's just keep rolling along here. So, uh, Steve from the Gold Coast, how you doing, my friend? Uh, fine. So I wanted to echo a couple of the issues that you've already discussed. And, and yes, I mean, this is a Republican strategy. I mean, it turns out that in 2016 and in 2020, you know, there was a good divide with regard to the Hispanic vote in this country. And, and the Republican Party has capitalized on the notion that Hispanics as a group are very socially conservative. And, and Trump played to that notion of patriarchy and so forth, traditional uh, the family values and, you know, the, the sort of the same sort of thing that Republicans have been trying to sell to poor people in this country for many, many decades. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no. Steve keeps dropping. Oh, oh no, Steve. Oh, OK. We didn't cut you off because I, I can't control anything here. So are, are you back on, Steve? Hello. Yes. Yeah. OK. All right. Continue. Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. You dropped for a minute. Yes, but you're so, back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Yes, uh, I mean, as I said, they're playing on this notion of, of the Hispanic community being, you know, socially conservative and hoping that, like so many other groups, that you'll forget about the fact that, you know, you're disadvantaged more so under Republican trickle down economics and everything else that they represent in terms of public policy than you are under Democrats. But again, this is this is the, the old formula, you know, sell them on, you know, keeping your guns, your Bible, traditional values, and, you know, that that's what the Republican Party represents. But no, they don't represent that for you if you're at the bottom of the socioeconomic rung. But right. again, it's about selling, selling to people who are willing to buy what you're selling. And, and the fact is that, yes, uh, there are two kinds of Republicans. There are the sort of true believers, the Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Boberts, and the Matt Gates, who honestly believe that Trump is some sort of second coming um, in terms of the in politics. In this country. And then there are 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, it has not been since the Civil War, one could argue, that we we have been this divided with somebody with that kind of potential to actually you know, destroy our republic. And uh, it is frightening. And then you have other people who are almost as frightening and that they know better. That, you know, they know that, that, that Donald Trump is a cancer on the body politic of this country. And yet, you know, because, you know, they hold their finger up in terms of polling and figure out which way the wind is blowing. OK, either we're not going to say anything or we're going to go along with him. Right. You know, despite despite the impact that he's having on our society. Or I mean, behind, I, the sure scenes, the, behind the scenes, the Republican yeah. Party is just hoping that he dies and then they don't have to worry about him oh, anymore. That's it. That's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the point. So that way you say, well, you know, I mean, it wasn't our fault. I backed the guy, but, you know, behind closed doors. He choked on cheeseburger. I don't know what gone. happened. There it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because the, the big money donors in this country uh, are really hoping for somebody other than Trump. But, you know, they are concerned with the bottom line. The markets don't like instability. The, you know, do, Donald Trump second term means a whole lot of instability. Uh, you know, you, you can't sell people a whole lot of things if they're out on right. the street shooting each other. Right. You know, and if you can't, if, if the president is facing charges at the state and federal level, while at the same time he's hoping to win elections, and let's assume he won. Well, uh, well, uh, having been convicted of a crime, what happens then? I mean, uh, uh, is there a warrant and then he's, he's supposed to surrender for, uh, uh, with the state of Georgia or the federal government while he takes the oath? I don't know. We have never I mean, been here before. The only, the only thing that I would think of is um, our, our real uh, hope, I guess hope, would be Georgia – and I think we're also waiting on something from Colorado where they won't even let him on the ballot. We're waiting on the judge to rule on that. But yeah, that that that, that ruling would just came through about an hour ago. Oh. So yeah, they rejected it. He, they will allow. You know, most of these states that are trying this. I mean, hey, uh, you know, kudos to them. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's the, the chance, it's legal expert. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. My thing is, he if, hasn't been convicted. If Georgia actually comes through and it's a criminal charge, technically a president can't pardon a state. Crime, so that no, would no, be yeah, something. No, no, that's a state crime. But if, like, yeah, you know, and, and if, not it, only that, right? Not only that, but it, it, but state uh, state law in Georgia means that if he is convicted and sentenced to prison, he even a Republican governor can't pardon him. Oh, I didn't so know that. He, oh, he has, that. okay. He, no, he 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 has to serve X amount of time before he's eligible to be considered for parole or pardon. So no matter what, if he ha- if he is sentenced, right. he has to go to jail in Georgia before, and then X period over a year has to go by. And so Donald Trump hey, it spends a year at least behind bars in Georgia, which he can still run for president from a jail. So, yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's the frightening thing. And, yeah. and then, of course, you know, what do his you know, followers you know, believe? Because if you have another election, it's not as if these people are going to accept what they didn't accept in 2020. Yeah. And, well, you know, and it's, going to, be, it's right. going to be a whole new conspiracy. And, and I think what we're seeing wins, now. Wins. Sorry, Hugo. Well, if he wins, he wins, obviously, you know, yeah. and unlike the Republicans in 2016, we didn't like the fact that he won. And yes, there was a great deal of external influence uh, in terms of social media and it, by elements such as the Russians and others. OK, yeah. but the election wasn't stolen. I don't contend that Donald Trump stole the election. And we as adults in the Democratic Party said, fine, OK, he, you inaugurate him. He gets to be a president for four years. But when when it came time, you know, for Donald Trump to accept that he lost, he refused to. He yeah. knew he had lost. He he knew that it was a lie. He knew that all of this was nonsense. Yeah. And of course, now he's throwing everybody under the bus. Every time somebody you know says, "I'm going to make a deal and tell the truth," 
oh, Donald Trump never heard of him. Right. You know, they were giving him advice. They're giving him advice in the in the Oval Office and on the and on the phones. These are recorded conversations. These yeah. Are all things that you could tell. But Donald Trump never heard of them. And no. so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just beyond belief. It's like, oh, what these oh people Ivanka, in. I've never met her. I just she just got coffee. It's like, oh, OK, great. Yeah. Um, thanks, Steve, for calling. We really appreciate it. Uh, I do want to Take touch care. on that real quick um, uh, that. uh I, we're losing. I think we're losing sight, like with polls that are coming out, and they're basically saying like um, uh, Donald Trump is going to beat Joe Biden, or they're running neck and neck, and then now Jill Stein's in the race. But it, it just—it's a very reminder, a very good reminder that I will remind everybody about this every time I talk to them. Donald Trump only won the election in 2016 by 79,316 votes, or maybe that's fluctuated after recounts. So out of hundreds of millions of people, 79,000 decided that that election result. And then look where we, look where that got us. Um, Paul, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk to Matt in Chicago when we get back. All right, we'll see you guys in a minute. Driving Home with Patty Vasquez. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. There's so much that goes on behind closed doors. On WCPT 820. And welcome back. It is Driving Home with Patty Vasquez. Uh, I am Dan Schaefer filling in for Patty for the second half of the show. I just want to give a huge shout out to Paul because we were just chatting and he's like, I thought you were in your 20s. And I was like, yes, thank you, sir. I swear you've said this off the air, but... Oh, I always tell people I'm 24, but it's not. Okay, th- maybe that's why. Oh, maybe so I don't look like I'm in my 20s. Right, I say, well, you fooled I, me into believing. I retract my compliment now. Uh, <laughs> you fooled me into believing you were 24. <laughs> well, there you go. Perfect. All right, good. Uh, I did, and we were also talking during the break. Um, so I mentioned that Donald Trump won the presidency um, by 79,000 votes. Uh, and just clarification of that is uh that's from an electoral college perspective so hillary actually got like 2.9 million more votes than donald trump did however in some key battleground states um hillary didn't do so well and jill stein also took a bunch of votes as well um so it's that's that's what it, that's the game it's the electoral college you can you know um now in joe biden's case he won the electoral college and got like seven or eight million more votes as well so that's like a double win that's cool however if joe biden lost the electoral college but still got millions of more votes donald trump would have won a second term so that's the game that's the game and we have to factor in like so that's where it's like i always say like my vote doesn't count in illinois from a presidential perspective it does count from a local election perspective um but folks in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, those are those are battleground states, and those are the ones where we need to be focusing on. And I think, and Joe Biden also turned Arizona and Georgia blue from a presidential perspective. Um, whether or not he can do that again, I don't know. But um, that's that's the that's the game. It's it it can only, it can be as as few as eighty thousand votes that that decide a presidential election. So that's what we need to focus on. So everybody needs to vote. If you are in a red state, such as Texas or things of that sort, you need to make sure that you are registered and that your registration is active because a lot of folks get dumped. We're looking at you, Georgia and Brian Kemp. Um, so just need to be verifying that that you're actually an active registered voter uh, as we lead up into this. Um, 
So there's the there's your public service announcement. Um, we are going to go to Matt from Chicago, wanting to talk about Trump. What's up, Matt? Hello, sir. It's a pleasure to finally speak to you. Uh, when it's not Patty, I try not to unload my brand of crazy on people. So this is going to be a very different type of phone call than I normally do. Oh, I'm already I'm excited. Yelling, in my mind. All right. So let's start at the beginning. He got elected in 2016. Sure. Whether or not they stole the election or Russia did something or whatever, he got put into office. Um, now, my mother, bless her soul, uh, told me that she originally, she originally told me she voted for Jill Stein. Uh, about two years later, I caught her in a lie and realized she voted for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, why would you vote for this man? And uh, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, because there was a lot of swearing involved. But um, she said because of the money aspect, not because of his racial politics or whatever, but because of his money aspect. And while I don't agree with her, I do believe that's why she voted for Donald Trump. Um, I lived in Boys Town the day Joe Biden uh, was elected mm-hmm. and won the election. Um, I've never seen a group of people celebrate that much outside of maybe the Cubs winning the World Series. Oh, yeah. um, there were people dancing in the street. There were people dancing in the grocery store across the street from my house. People were dancing everywhere. Um, now, the fact of the matter is, he lost. However, he can get back in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've, I've kind of combined the Malcolm Nance and the Glenn Kirshner into the Nance Kirshner idea of if he gets in, and I told my mother this because she, again, wants to vote for him, uh, I told her he will, we will never get him out. Right. He, will, he will be there forever. And yeah, he'll, he'll, at some point he'll die, and he will have put something in place. God, then we'll have Dow Jr. or something. Shenanigans happen, and somebody else either related to him or next to him or something yeah. gets put into office. We will never get them out. Right. And, and the we real. We cannot let that happen. Now, it won't be Mike Pence, because no. as bad as Mike Pence is, he, he wants nothing to do with Donald Trump. Right. He's one of the few Republicans who have said, who, mind you, after Donald Trump lost, of course they did the, oh, well, we don't actually like him. So you should vote for us because we're anti-Trump now. And now, all of a sudden, the majority of them are saying, nah, if he gets put in office, of course I'll serve under him. Yeah. Mike Pence does not want anything. You, can, you couldn't hit Mike Pence with a barge pole in terms of how far he is away from Donald Trump. Right. And the real uh, doomsday scenario is if we lose the Senate and Donald Trump gets elected and then Republicans, which thank you, Joe Manchin, for not running for re-election because that really... That puts a damper on the situation. Um, yeah. Because now we're going to get a Jim Justice, I think, in as a West Virginia senator. Um, and so if, you, if if they control all three then and the Supreme Court, uh, I, I agree with you completely, Matt. I, there is no, there's no going back. If, if they are in, I realize that uh, the Supreme Court odds are currently stacked against us, but they we will lose the Supreme Court because at some point somebody else has got to retire. Bless her heart, Ruth Bader Ginsburg waited as long as she possibly could until she could not do it anymore. And it will happen again. We will lose the Supreme Court. We will lose the Senate. And we will lose 
everything. Well, and I and, and I agree with gay you. Gay marriage will go out the window. Oh, absolutely. Well, Clarence Thomas has already I, I, alluded I, to I, that. I, I, I understand that when I talk on this show, people always think that I'm doom and gloom and that I complain about everything. This is not me complaining about things. I actually like to think positive. I know that's hard to believe for people who've heard me yell on this show, <laughs> but I do like to think positive. But we will be absolutely screwed yeah. if they get into office. Well, and I, I, I you're not screwed. you're not doom and gloom. I think you're being um, realistic. I, I think that from an, an optimistic perspective, Joe Biden has accomplished more in his first term than some presidents had done in their two terms. Um, but that could all go away very very quickly. Um, and so I think that so I think the doom and gloom. I think we all need to vote. In a doom and gloom mentality, right? Because we want to make sure that that doesn't happen. That's exactly. my that's my this perspective. Is, I, and I know, I know, people have said that 2016 uh, was the most in, not 2016 uh, 2020 was the most important election of our lifetime. No, this, yeah, this, and also the midterms. Age, midterms are also very most, important. Correct. Yeah. This is the two most important elections we will ever have. Because yeah. it would be one thing if, God forbid, he stayed in and then all of this stuff came out and he'd spend his entire presidency trying to squash all of these crimes and all of these court trials and cases and everything. That would be one thing. But after everything that's happened since Joe Biden got into office that has happened to that man, if we do not do this, he will be here forever. Yeah. And some remain, remain of him will be here forever. So yeah. people, I am begging you, if you've ever listened to me about anything, please don't let him Vote. Win. You just need to vote. That's all you need to do is vote. And I agree with you. Thanks for calling, Matt. I appreciate it. Um, you have a call, call in on Sunday morning if you want. Um, so I uh, I agree with that completely. And I, I don't disagree with Matt. I, I think Donald Trump did win the 2016 election. Uh, I don't think the election was rigged. Do I think that it was influenced by third parties? Absolutely. Um, Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. Yeah, when Facebook is accepting payment in rubles, then, you know, that's it, yeah. I I do want to time out for a second here. This will be, like, I think my sixth or seventh at least presidential election I'll be voting in. And I want to say all of them have been the most important. Mm-hmm. Pre- At the same time, I, I get that you know history only moves in one direction, or you know life only moves in one direction. But has there been a presidential election that hasn't been the most important? True. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I, mean I'm, I'm trying to think. You know, like uh, if there if there ever was, you know, if it was like you know Clinton versus Dole or something, it's like ah, right. just sit this one out. Yeah. It, yeah. Or Nixon, where it was yeah. like one of the lowest voter turnouts. And yeah, what's crazy to me about so the Nixon reelection, right? Is mm-hmm. that how I think that was the first one where people eighteen could vote. Oh, and, uh, and yeah. but it, despite despite that, and despite the the large you know hippie movement, right? You know, still kind of swelling from from the sixties. How it was so lopsided. But I also know you know the uh, well, Thomas Eagleton that's and, and the silent majority that they were talking about. But but also George McGovern's campaign was just kind of a wreck. Yeah, you know, right. once once he won the nomination. So yeah. I know that. But yeah, yeah, right. I, I mean, I, 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 Joan Esposito talks about this all the time, and she's like, every election matters. Mm-hmm. And even if it's like school board, water, especially school board, mm-hmm. water reclamation, um, the judges, especially the judges, uh, because I think the, 
was it the last election we had? Like, Illinois is kind of was close to uh, shifting their uh, our Supreme Court to be more con- to be conservative instead of. And what happens there? Then we are no longer uh, an abortion protecting state in the Midwest, where you know, unless you're Ohio, who votes for it. But then the Republicans try to overturn the actual will of the voters. But I would question the um, the judicial experience of some people on the f- uh, federal Supreme Court also, um, or their legitimacy in being there. But that's a good point. So uh, let's do a quick break, and uh, we'll round out the show here. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. We'll see you in a minute. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. And hello, happy Friday. We are rounding out uh, Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez. Uh, Patty is uh, at an event right now, so I am Dan Schaefer filling in for her. Um, you can tune in Sunday mornings for mine and my best friend Megan's show, A Palatini with Dan and Meg. That's Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. Uh, we talk about all the things, and it's really fun. We've had some really, really good callers uh, today. And um, I did want to give a shout-out to um, Mary... Uh, who was talking about sliced bread and the the term of it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, for those of you who know me, one of my absolute favorite people in the world was Betty White. Um, and uh, she's actually older than sliced bread. So she was born in 1922. Sliced bread came out in 1928. So I always just say it's the greatest thing since Betty White. Um but there you go. There's that. Uh, we've been talking a lot about politics. I did want to run through a quick list of the things that George Santos is um, that resulted in um, the House, House Ethics Chairman um, introducing a resolution to expel him from Congress, which has only happened a couple of times. So some of the things that that George Santos has done. Um, well, again, like Donald Trump boasted about his family wealth, didn't do that. Um, Campaign campaign funds allegedly used for Botox and shopping at luxury stores. Um, allegedly used for an OnlyFans account, which don't know why you need that. Unless he's trying to figure out his next career move. Um, lied to donors about 20 campaign loans. Uh, they called him a fabulist, which I read that as fabulist. And I was like, oh, what's that? Um, so fabulous. And they urged him to seek treatment because he lies so much. So when your own staff is telling you that you need to seek treatment for lying, um, uh, alleged to have made unidentified transfers and deposits, including one for $20,000. There was, of course, falsifying documentation, allegedly spent large sums of money, um, at, on pricey travel and meals, took out uh, some money from an ATM at a casino. Um, yeah, so all the things, yet that man is still in, in um, Congress. That being said, Bob Menendez is still in Congress, or in the Senate, and uh, should also probably not not be in the Senate anymore as well, because I don't think that we're already at risk of losing the Senate. I think Bob Menendez needs to resign, and then we need to... Um, secure another democrat for that seat because we're already losing west virginia and uh, not sure how the other states are going to go um so we also need to be thinking about that as well but hopefully they expel good old georgie boy for all of the things that he's done um there was also a thing where he was walking out of a uh 
another representative's office with a baby and they're like, is that yours? And he's like, oh, who knows? I'm like, okay, these people, you're making like close to $200,000 a year. We need, we need adults in the room, um, in Congress for sure. Um, and then I, uh, it, as I mentioned, it is, um, Thanksgiving week, uh, starting next week. If you guys are traveling, travel safely, please. Um, they're already expecting extremely large, uh, uh, travel numbers, which is good because you know why we can travel again because Joe Biden actually got vaccinations out to everybody and well, most everybody. Um, and so we are able to safely travel now. Um, that being said, there are variants. So if you feel the need mask up, uh, and be safe and be safe with family, I will, um, close out with our, uh, with a cocktail, uh, if you want to kick off Thanksgiving week, uh, it is called an Applejack Sour. You need two ounces of Applejack, uh, three quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice, a half ounce of fresh orange juice, a half ounce of pure maple syrup, two dashes of bitters, and freshly grated nutmeg. And all you do is you combine all those things, Applejack, lemon juice, orange juice, maple syrup, and bitters in a cocktail shaker. You add ice and shake until the outside is frosty. And then you strain it into an ice-filled rocks glass, and you sprinkle on the nutmeg. And there you have an Applejack Sour to uh, enjoy on your Friday night, if you even have those ingredients. I definitely don't have Applejack, but who knows? Benny's is right down the street. You've got fresh nutmeg, though? Oh, absolutely. I... Have you met my husband? He has all. He's the chef. Oh, we'll have to have you and your wife over for dinner. Please. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so that's going to do it for us today. Uh, happy to fill in for Patty anytime on Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. Uh, my name is Dan Schaefer, and you guys have a great weekend. See you Sunday.